Jesus is the best. Therefore, the Eucharist is the best. Because the Eucharist is Jesus. And Jesus is the Eucharist. It's really that simple. In our gospel today, Jesus tells us, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. The living bread. The manna that we heard about in our first reading, the manna that God provided for his people in the desert, that was really good, but it wasn't the best. Because it was dead bread, right? But the Eucharist is living bread. It's alive. One of my favorite moments from last week or whenever it was, it feels like a million years ago, the healing service that happened here at St. Bede was when we all said together, Jesus is alive. Well, the Eucharist is alive because the Eucharist is Jesus. Can we just say that? The Eucharist is alive. Can we just say that together? One, two, three. The Eucharist is alive. Praise the Lord. This has been the church's perennial belief from day one. So don't let anyone else tell you otherwise. The church that Jesus founded has always believed that the bread and wine that we bring forward to the altar really do become the very body and blood of Jesus Christ by the word of Jesus and by the power of his Holy Spirit. St. Ignatius of Antioch, as he went to his martyrdom around the year 110 AD, around the time that some of the Bible was still being written, perhaps, said that he no longer had any taste for worldly food. He said, I desire only the bread of God, which is the flesh of Jesus Christ. And for drink, he says, I desire his blood, which is love incorruptible. My flesh is true food. My blood is true drink, Jesus said. St. Ignatius knew that, and he knew that he was desiring the best, the best that there is. He knew that at Mass, regular bread and regular wine become the absolute greatest thing, the most satisfying thing imaginable. They become Jesus. And here's the really amazing thing. The best sacrament, the most blessed sacrament, is the one that we get to receive as Catholics with the most frequency. Have you ever thought about that? Think about it. All of the seven sacraments, here's the rundown, okay? Baptism, really awesome, but you only get to be baptized once, right? Confirmation, you only get confirmed once. Holy orders, a maximum of three times. Deacon, priest, bishop. I've received two of those, deacon and priest. Pray that I never get the third. <laughs> Marriage, generally once, but it may be repeated after the death of a spouse, for instance. Anointing of the sick. You can receive it when you're seriously ill or when you are elderly or, or when you're just kind of maybe your sickness has progressed and your condition worsens, but we certainly wouldn't say that we receive the anointing of the sick with any kind of regular frequency. Confession. At the very least, we're asked to go to confession once a year, but probably once a month or every couple of months is a really good idea. And of course, we go to confession as soon as we can after we have fallen into any kind of serious sin. But Holy Communion, you can receive the Eucharist every single Sunday. 
In fact, if you really wanted to, you could receive Jesus, the living bread, in the Holy Eucharist every single day. Now, this might lead us to believe, perhaps, that, well, because it's so regular and so readily accessible, at least in our part of the world, where it's not illegal to be Christian, that the Eucharist must not be all that special, really. We just do it all the time. But in reality, it's just the opposite. This is the amazing thing about our God. He actually wants to give us the best thing the most often. He feeds us with the absolute finest wheat. He goes totally and completely overboard for us. That goes against our natural worldly mindset, doesn't it? We tend to save the best for what we assume are the most important occasions. We cook the best meal when we have invited the most important, the most exclusive guest to our home. We open up that best bottle of wine only for the most extraordinary celebrations with our closest family and friends. We pull out all of the best silverware and china for the most exceptional holidays only. We wear our very best clothes only at the rarest moments and for the most unique festivities. But Jesus pulls out all the stops, doesn't he? He unfurls the absolute finest he has to offer the most blessed sacrament every single day. Multiple times a day even here at St. Bede. What extravagance, what generosity, what prodigality. Why does God go to such lengths? To somehow convince us eventually that he really does love us, that he's present, and that he wants to be with us. That's what we celebrate on this feast day, the feast of Corpus Christi. Jesus, the best thing that's ever happened to us, has given himself to us in the breaking of the bread and in the offering of the chalice. St. Teresa of Calcutta, Mother Teresa, once famously said that when you look at a crucifix, you can understand how much Jesus loved you in the past tense, like 2,000 years ago. But when you look at the sacred host, she says, when you look at the Eucharist, you can understand how much he loves you now. God is so rich. He squanders everything on us. He pours it all out, all of his life, all of his blood, all of his goodness. There is no lack to his goodness. He is not stingy. He does not skimp on us. His love can never run out. It cannot be fully spent. There is no scarcity. Only superabundance, only life, only the best. And nothing else will do once we've tasted that. The cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ, St. Paul asks in our second reading today. The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? Now, if Jesus is willing to do all of that for us, to give us that level of intimacy, that level of profound participation in his very life, then should we not respond accordingly to the best of our abilities, right? Shouldn't we give him our best in return? Now, we don't often talk about this, but one way that we can give Jesus our absolute best is to take very good care the best care, in fact, 
of the Eucharistic elements themselves. So if you were not already aware, and I'm sure most of you are, we as Catholics really do believe that every single crumb, every single drop from the chalice is the real presence of our Lord. And that's why we purify the vessels with meticulous care. That's why we use what's called the sacrarium when washing all of the vessels we use at Mass, which, which it's a sink, but it's not an ordinary sink. It sends all of, all of what we wash directly into the heart of the earth instead of the sewer. Because we don't want Jesus in the sewer, do we? No. <laughs> he deserves way better than that. This firm belief also means that if we receive Jesus on our hands, rather than on our tongues, perhaps, then we do have a responsibility to do so properly and carefully and reverently. We should extend our hands out nice and flat, nice and high, and lift it up and open wide, right? Not like a little, like a little mailbox slot, right? No, let's not do that. We open it up like a throne. We open up our hands like a throne to receive the King of Kings. And as we do so, we should be alert to any potential crumbs and particles that remain on our palms. I'll share one quick story with you all to illustrate this point. So one time, I was distributing Holy Communion right here at St. Bede, and I happened to notice as I placed the host on one man's hand that like a little tiny crumb broke off. And it was just sitting right there on his hand. It was just right there. And, and I was like, oh my, man, I got to do something about this. So as he turned away, I kind of called out to him very feebly. And I was like, oh, I was trying to get his attention, but he couldn't hear me, right? He was, he was already gone. But then all of a sudden, he turned around and he walked back with his hand still open and that little tiny crumb still on his hand. And I pointed right at it and I, I said, that is Jesus. And he looked down at that tiny little white speck and then back up at me. And the look in his eyes was one of profound wonder and awe. He then reverently took the crumb and consumed it right there in front of me. And immediately after Mass, he, he ran up to me and he said how much that impacted him. He told me that as he, actually, this is crazy, because as he turned and was on his way back to his pew, he couldn't hear what I was saying. He couldn't hear me. But there was like this little interior tug. There was like a little pull, he said, that said, no, you got to turn around. Someone's trying to get your attention. And so he went back to me, and then that little exchange happened. Praise Jesus. This stuff is real. And as practicing Catholics, we need to take it very seriously. Why? Because Jesus is the best. The Eucharist is the best. And so Jesus deserves the best. Nothing second-rate will do. So any kind of nonchalance or indifference on our part, any kind of casual minimalism, like, oh, well, that doesn't matter that much, any lack of awareness when receiving Jesus in the Eucharist, unfortunately, whether consciously or unconsciously, communicates to everyone around us that the Eucharist is not that big of a deal. I suspect that some of the sad statistics that we hear so often on our Catholic news outlets, that maybe only two-thirds of Catholics really do profess 
the real presence of our Lord in the Eucharist, maybe some of those statistics are partially a result of how we have at times and in some places neglected to take the Eucharist absolutely seriously. People notice when we're kind of lackadaisical. They notice when we let things slide. And so I would encourage all of us, and starting with myself, that we practice what we preach. Because we preach that the Holy Eucharist is a foretaste of heaven. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood will have life eternal, Jesus says. Vatican II put it this way, in the blessed Eucharist is contained the whole spiritual good of the church, namely Christ himself. It is the sum and summary of our faith, as the Catechism puts it. The source and summit. The Eucharist is everything. It's the best. Now, another way that we can give Jesus our very best is to always receive him in what the church has traditionally called a state of grace. What does it mean to be in a state of grace? Well, it means that to the best of our knowledge, and after a thorough and sincere examination of conscience, that we've determined that we are free from any mortal sins or any problematic situations that would prevent us from going to the Eucharist. It means that we are in that ongoing, intentional friendship, a relationship with Jesus. We might remember from our Bibles that St. Paul makes this condition for reception of the Eucharist quite clear. A person should examine himself, he says, and so eat the bread and drink the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. So clearly this is very serious business, isn't it? Jesus absolutely wants to feed all of us with this finest wheat and this finest meal of his own body and blood. But the reality is this, it won't do us any good if we do not come and receive Jesus in the right condition of soul. In fact, it will no longer be helpful at all to us. It will be harmful to us. Maybe this kind of image will help. Picture a kid who has been invited to an absolutely amazing banquet. It's going to be the fanciest, the most beautiful meal imaginable but instead of listening to his parents who instructed him to, to prepare and to save his appetite, he decides instead, 20 minutes before the feast, to just chow down and just completely obliterate a giant bag of potato chips and like an entire dozen of cookies, okay? What's going to happen? He's going to show up to that amazing banquet completely sick and too full. He can't enjoy any of it. In fact, it won't do him any good at all. It might even be repulsive to him. It might be disgusting. And that is what mortal sin does to our souls. It makes us sick. And really, that's not even a strong enough, a strong enough image because it's spiritual death. It's the death of grace in the soul. And so this is why the church has consistently taught that we must each first confess, worthily and well, any and all grave, serious, potentially mortal sins prior to our reception of Holy Communion. Why? 
Because Jesus deserves the best, doesn't he? He deserves to be met with our complete openness and receptivity, our docility, our repentance, our contrition of heart, our love. We should really be willing to do anything at all to get Jesus. Because to get him is to get heaven. He's the best that there is. The Eucharist is the best that there is. Nothing else compares. And so we come to the Eucharist tonight with, with that heart on fire with love. And we ask Jesus to purify us and prepare us well to say yes, Lord, amen. Amen. This is the body and blood of my Lord. I adore you and I love you.